She's bold. She's beautiful. She's incredibly talented. She's obsessed with her dog. Shit's Creek. Diet Coke. Who is she? Who? Who is it? <laughs> it's your host, Hallie Holden, the most humble of them all. And this is the story of her as told by your questions. Wow, what an introduction. It's almost like I made no notes and have an incredibly inflated sense of ego. <laughs> um, no, I didn't make any notes because I didn't want to do a book report this week. So I thought I'll ask you guys to ask me questions, which you did. Thank you so much to those of you who submitted. And I'm going to answer them and we'll just do like a little get to know you session since this is our 10th episode. I can't believe we've done 10 episodes already. On one hand, it feels like we've done... Two episodes, on one hand, it feels like we've done a hundred episodes. So yeah, let's dive right in. First question is, what would your perfect day look like? So first I would sleep in because I love to sleep in. Then I would go to Starbucks, order my favorite drink, do some writing from the cafe. I used to do this before quarantine hit and it was so romantic, like just sitting in a little cafe along the bustling city roads, writing the next great Canadian novel. Uh, and then COVID hit, so that dream was dead. Uh, but it, this is my dream. This is what my perfect day would look like. So I would do that. I'd get my favorite treat, which is raspberry macarons from Olia here in Calgary. Wander around some of my favorite shops like Stealing Home, Indigo, Anthropology. Get fish tacos from this taco place in Calgary called Tacos Mexico. I think they just renamed it to that. Um, anyways, they have the best tacos. They're so delicious. And then curl up with my puppy in a good movie and probably stay up a little too late and then fall asleep. What a perfect day. Okay. Question number two, how many books have you written and what can we look forward to in the future? So I've written two books, Tangled in Tennessee and Tangled on Tour. They've both been published through a publisher in the States. And yeah, I wrote the first one when I was 19, spending a summer in Nashville, which I'll talk about later because someone asked me about that. And then the second one I wrote a couple of years ago is kind of the sequel follow-up. And they're just about this girl, Mackenzie, who goes to Nashville to pursue her songwriting. She meets a cute British boy band. Drama ensues. Then she gets to go on tour with them and more drama ensues. They're just really fun, easy reads. Um, and they were so much fun to write. And they're kind of this nice little time capsule of my time in Nashville. Minus a cute boy band because I didn't meet any cute boys in Nashville. So that was a freaking waste, but whatever. I'm not bitter about it. Um, and then I also have a third book that I'm writing that's totally different. I think I'm like three quarters of the way through it, which is exciting. And it takes place in Germany during World War II. So it's a lot of work because I'm trying to make it as historically accurate as possible. And I also want to do that time and those people all of it. I want to make sure I do it justice. So I'm really excited about that one. I hope that one goes all the places I dream it will be because yeah, I'm really proud of it so far. Question number three says, not a question, but tell us about your experience in Nashville. Okay. So Nashville was 
magical. That's like the only word I can use to describe it that even comes close to meeting the hype in my heart for Nashville. Um, I went there this summer before my freshman year of college. I was there for about a month, just over a month, and I went all alone. I'd been to Nashville once before, so I did kind of know the streets and I knew one person going down, um, but other than that, I really didn't know anything. It was just a big leap of faith and a big dream come true, and so yeah, I lived on my own. I went to shows at night. I played writer's rounds, which are so much fun. I uh, wandered around Broadway and all the cool parks and little shopping districts and Vanderbilt, all of that. It was just so beautiful and magical, and I ended up writing Tangled in Tennessee is loosely based off my time there. So yeah, it was incredible. Nashville's such a good city and I know it's kind of become very like almost overdone. It's like every bachelorette party goes there and every person who's a contestant's on the bachelor and they end up moving there. But it truly is the world's greatest, most beautiful city and I miss it every day. And if I had a million dollars and citizenship, I would move there in a heartbeat because yeah, Nashville will always be like this sweet little home sweet home for me. Question number four, what is your favorite and least favorite part about podcasting? So my favorite is learning about all these cool women. This is truly just one of my favorite things to look up and go down Wikipedia rabbit holes on. Um, when I was in university, I was in there for English literature and like the poems and the books and all of that were interesting, but the part that I loved the most is learning about the authors behind the books and all of this great literary works. And so, yeah, I just love this so much. There's so many people that I've loosely heard about or I know little bits of and I think we all do but then you do a deep dive and it's like okay wow they just got 10 times cooler so that's by far my favorite part my least favorite part is probably like initially being like okay I have to do a book report essentially every week it does feel a little daunting once I get into it it's good um and then the other part that I'm not like super stoked about (laughs) is editing I don't think many people like listening to the sound of their own voice. That part doesn't bug me so much. It's just having kind of to take the time to do it. I just wish I was a one-take wonder, but unfortunately, I'm far from it. Question number five is, what is your favorite song ever written and why? Okay, immediate answer. All too well, Taylor Swift. I don't even have to think twice about it. There's so many incredible lyrics in that song and the melody just builds and builds and builds and then it knocks you off your feet apparently there's like an eight minute long version that she recorded floating around the ethernet somewhere and i need to hear it because it's just such a good song i listen to it not all the time but when i do it always gets me like Literally, it's been out for how many years? Like seven years now. And every time I listen to it, I get emotional and kind of tear up a bit um, because it just describes kind of a moment in my life really well. It kind of summarizes it all up. And there's just so much raw emotion. Oh my gosh, it's just like a masterclass in songwriting. My favorite, favorite lyric from it is you call me up again just to break me like a promise so casually cruel in the name of being honest oh 
Like, I'm just getting emotional even just talking about it. Okay, we need to move on. Next question. Question number six. Any good Christmas gift recommendations? Great question. Okay. I really pride myself on getting good gifts for people. I try to make them, like, thoughtful, something you went by for yourself. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it's really hard to think of a good gift for someone. And so I like kind of my go-to gift when I'm not sure if there's, like, not a specific thing I have in mind is just to put together basically what I like to call a treat-yourself gift basket. So you go to the store, you get a really cheap little basket. You can use basically anything and you fill it up with stuff they love. So like their favorite magazine or a magazine you think they might be into, their favorite snacks. You could throw in like a nice candle and some matches to get that like nice relaxing scent aroma. Um, you could put in like a little framed picture that you have of like one of your favorite memories with the person. There's just lots of little personal things you can throw in there. And then it usually doesn't end up costing you more than like $30, which is so nice. And yeah, I feel like it's always really appreciated or at least it has been received well um, since I've started doing that. And it's just a nice little way to show someone that you're thinking about them. Question number seven. What's something you could talk about for hours? <sighs> I feel like there's a lot. I go off on a lot of rants. Um, but the one thing that I could talk about for hours and hours and hours on end is women in the church. It's like my most favorite subject to discuss and to debate. It honestly fuels me. It's like fire in my soul. I could just... Here's the thing. I'm not going to go on a rant because this is not the time or the place, but as a Christian woman, I grew up in a church that told me essentially that my voice is less important than the voices of the men around me. I'm so glad I'm not in that church anymore. The church I go to now is just filled with these badass female leaders. Um, but yeah, you spend a lot of your time growing up as a woman in the church feeling like your job is basically to support the men who are going to be in leadership. And so I just think that theology is bullshit, to be quite frank. Uh, sorry for using that word, but I feel like it deserves a strong word behind it. Um, women have always been so active in ministry. I mean, it's women who birthed Jesus into this world. It's women he trusted to tell others about his resurrection. You just you go back to literally the first woman ever created and she was created the word in the bible says to be adam's helper and to help isn't a word that denotes as like passive just sit back and pop out babies it's like no you're actively speaking and contributing and moving so yeah women in the church this is something i would love to like travel the world and just get to spend every day talking about because I mean, as you can tell, I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> Question number eight. Is there a specific episode of the podcast you're looking forward to doing? Yes. Okay, I'm not going to give too much information to spoil it, but basically there was this lady who was like part of royalty way back when, and she had a favorite breast, and so she had all of her dresses hemmed so that that breast was always exposed. And I just love it because we always look back at women back then and are like oh such pillars of modesty um no she had a freaking boob out I love it I I'm here for it I mean 
I would personally never have the confidence to do that, but if you do, more power to you. Question nine, how is your dog so perfect? Honestly, by the grace of God. Casey is just the sweetest little cherub. My sweet, sweet bub. Uh, yeah, basically what happened is my parents were thinking of getting a new dog. Our family dog had passed away like 10 years prior. Um, and my mom really wanted a new pet. And so my dad was on a business trip out in BC and stopped by the SPCA. Saw Casey, fell in love with her. They adopted her. They brought her home. I fell in love with her. I was like, this is basically my dog now. And then I really, really wanted a dog. I was looking into getting one, um, but my landlords weren't super stoked about it. They were open to it, but like, oh, it's kind of a touchy subject. Uh, and then oh, I got cancer. <laughs> so did I use my cancer to get a dog? The answer is yes. Yes, I did. Honestly, when you're an adult and you get cancer, you don't get to make a freaking wish. So guess what my wish was? To have my sweet bub Casey with me. And my wish came true. Anyway, she's the best. My dad did all the training. I take no credit. She just also had such a sweet temperament. She's just cuddly. Right now, she's passed out to sleep beside me. If you've listened to this podcast, you might hear the odd, like, <sighs> like a big sigh. That's Casey. That's not me, I promise. Question number 10. Obviously, you're a huge fan of The Office. What's your favorite episode? My favorite episode is Season 2, Episode 12, titled The Injury, where Michael burns his foot on a George Foreman grill. There's just so many good moments from this episode, from Dwight getting a concussion, speeding off to Michael, and then how he's pretending that he's like this victim of a hate crime or like this huge life-altering accident. Um, his line, how he's like, I want to wake up to the smell of sizzling bacon. Sue me. <laughs> and then how he wants Ryan to help him get up when he falls in the bathroom. It's just, it's all so good. It's like peak office where it's so cringy. The humor is super dry, but it's just this like spectacular situation that you would never find yourself in. But these characters all do. I love it so much. It's always my go-to when someone's like, oh, I've never watched The Office. And it's like, what rock? Have you been living under, sir? So we always start with that one. This next person asks, what are your tips for grieving the end of a relationship? It feels like the hurt will never end. Oh, yeah. So some of you might know this, but I used to be married. Um, and my marriage ended last year in just like spectacular, brutal fashion. It was awful. And so grieving is really, really hard. And I remember my first time going to therapy and she had me write a list of my goals. And one of my things was I want to be able to heal from this and move on and blah, blah, blah. And she said to me like, look, there's a lot of tangible stuff we can work through with this, but you also just need time. And so I guess that's my first piece of advice is just give yourself time feel all the feelings do not stuff it down and the other really good piece of advice i got is that grief as it were is kind of like a ball in a drawer with a button 
And so it's a really good illustration. I'll make sure I put an image of it up on the Instagram. But basically it's like, think of like a clothing drawer from a dresser and there's a red button on one side of the drawer and that's your grief button. So someone presses that button, you're just gonna hurt like heck. You're gonna feel all the pain, all the sadness. It's gonna just suck. And then in that drawer with that button, there's a ball. And when everything first happens, that ball is super big. Like it's so big, it barely fits in the box. And so it's pressed right up against that button. The grief and the pain, the hurt, all of that just feels constant. Like it doesn't let up. And then over time, that ball's gonna get smaller. I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but I promise that ball gets smaller. I remember ever since I was younger and was dealing with whatever drama at school or heartbreak or whatnot, my mom would always say like, I know it hurts a lot right now, but in a year from now, it's not going to hurt like this. As the saying goes, even on your weakest day, you'll get a little bit stronger. And sometimes your ball will be the size of a little marble. And then something will hit and that ball's going to grow. Or anniversaries will pass. Or you'll have memories that you forgot about. And so it's going to grow. It'll ebb. It'll flow. Give yourself a lot of grace and surround yourself with people who encourage you, remind you of your worth, and make sure that you're always looking forward because there's a lot of beauty to be found in looking forward. Um, this past year has been crazy, but I've found so much beauty in it and met so many wonderful people. And so I feel really lucky and I'm in a better spot than I was. And I know that you will be too. Okay, that was kind of intense, but that's all right. <laughs> Okay, question number 12. What are your favorite podcasts? Oh gosh, I listen to way too many. So I'm pretty lucky that at my job, as long as I'm getting everything done like I'm supposed to be, I can listen to podcasts. And so I listen to a lot of them. Um, they cover such a wide range of topics too. So I thought I'd kind of pick my top from each category. So if you're looking for true crime, you got to go with the OGs. My favorite murder. I've been listening to them since day one. It's just gold. It's this beautiful mix of comedy and true crime. And at the end of the day, just so much respect in honoring the victims and not glorifying the crazies, which I appreciate and I think is important. Uh, if you're looking for more like religion, faith and spirituality, I recommend Good Christian Fun. It's really great for if you're like me, we're going through a process of deconstructing your faith and kind of figuring out what it means to you as an adult instead of just as a little kid. It's so much fun. They basically roast something from Christian culture every week. And I know that sounds really mean and like hateful, but it's not. They do it in such a lovely way. And I just... It's one of those few podcasts where I literally laugh out loud. If you're looking for a kind of pop culture, um, interviews with celebrities and the like, I love Off the Vine by Caitlin Bristow. So she was one of the former bachelorettes, and she's also from Alberta, Canada, where I'm from. So I feel a special kindred spirit in her. Um, she's just so much fun, so raw, so honest. She has the best guests on, and she's just crushing it. Um... She's just goals in every sense of the word. And honestly, just a shameless plug for her. Caitlin, you're getting free advertising space here. Hit me up, girl. Um, her scrunchies are incredible. I wear a scrunchie pretty much every day. And these are the best scrunchies I've ever had, hands down. They're worth the investment. Uh, and finally, if you're looking for more like 
I don't even know what you'd classify this as. I know recently it's been moved into like the mental wellness space, which I think is funny. Um, but another podcast I love um, is called Call Her Daddy. And the host is just hilarious. And it's a lot of great, great conversations about just like what it means to be a young woman today. So I love that one. Question number 13. Where do you want to travel next once COVID is over? Well, I really want to go to Target. Um, Yes, you heard me right, Target. I don't care where it is. It could be just over the border in Montana. It could be in the butt crack of Missouri. I don't care. I just want to go to Target. I want to see all of their cute home decor, all of their cute clothes, all of their cute stationery. I just love Target. And I'm so sad that it doesn't exist here in Canada anymore. Um, So I want to go to Target. A bigger dream I have, just because I feel like I should set bigger goals for myself than Target, um, is I really want to go to the UK. One of my cousins lives over there right now, and so I just want to go travel around there, see all the castles, go to cute little pubs. I love all the history. Think of how many cool women I could learn about over there. So yeah, I really hope I can do that. I've been over there once, but I didn't get to spend a lot of time in, I was in Scotland and England and then a bunch of places in Europe and it was kind of a whistle stop tour. So it was pretty fast. So I hope I can do that. And also one of my biggest dreams in life is to play hide and seek in a castle. Maybe I can make that happen. Who knows? Okay. How has your 2020 been? LOL. Okay, you literally wrote LOL. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, it's been a mix of a lot. Uh, I feel like most people will say that, but one of the things that really struck me that one of my friends said is that 2020 has taught her that as humans we're capable of so much grief and so much joy all at once. And that one of those feelings doesn't negate the other. Um, I know I used to think like if I knew someone was really going through hell, but they were smiling and laughing and cracking jokes, I'd be like, oh, look at them. Just like trying to put on a brave face and lying to the world. Or I'd be kind of snotty about it. Like, okay, well, you clearly can't be that sad. Look at how great your life is. Um, And so, yeah, 2020 has really humbled me in that sense. And I've gotten a much bigger appreciation for the fact that we can feel moments of total joy and total highs just in the lowest of lows. And even in the highest moments and the best moments, we can still hold grief in our hearts. And those things aren't mutually exclusive. So that's what 2020 has taught me. And yeah, as far as the year, it's been pretty good. Like, I'm a big introvert. I'm a homebody, so I haven't minded staying at home. It has been nice to venture out more and more. Um, but I'm just, I'm here to work on me, pour into the people I love, chill with my dog. Um, so I'm doing well. And I'm also, I also recognize that I'm very privileged and that I've been able to keep my job through all of this. Um, I've got a great roof over my head, surrounded by really great people. So I feel very, very lucky. Question number 15. I know you like true crime. Why? Okay, this is a fun story. Everyone settle in. Put on your blanket. Just get nice and cozy. Once upon a time, my brother and I were home alone. Except not really. My dad was in the back working on his truck. So we're home alone. I was like... I don't know how old I was, maybe like 10 or something. And Zach was seven. Oh, 
should I have used like a fake name for him? I don't care. Zach is my brother. He's also a musician or whatever. His name's Heston. If you follow him on Instagram, he'd love that. Again, Zach, you can write me a check for that. Shameless plug later on. Um, but yeah, we were at home. This guy knocked on the door and he was like just a nice average looking handsome man and he was like oh hey little boy are you home alone and my brother was like yeah I'm just here with my sister and so apparently I came over I don't have any memory of this and I was like hey who are you and he was like oh hi you guys are home alone and we were like yep and then he took a step inside the house and right as he did my dad came in through the back gate and he was like who the bleep are you get out and the guy took off running and so that's a not even a recovered memory that's just what my dad's told me but what I do have memories of is that my parents I guess following that incident made me watch a documentary on Ted Bundy so my dad's whole point was like not every hot stranger can be trusted like just because they look normal air quote and like very chill doesn't mean you can trust them like stranger danger this is a basic concept and i still clearly remember listening to the narrator be like and then late at night bundy would visit the corpses of his victims to perpetrate necrophilia or whatever it's called and being like oh my god what is this and I was horrified but also fascinated all at once um and yeah that just sent me down a rabbit hole honestly I would just be googling true crime stories and I remember if any like case came up in the news I would follow it super closely and then as I got older and realized this wasn't re I mean it's kind of weird I guess but there's a lot of people like me who enjoy true crime and so I found this community and I've just leaned into it hard I love true crime okay there's nothing like a good murder mystery except I don't like scary movies or horror movies but I love true crime so again what does that say about me? Who knows? Okay. Question number 16. What advice would you give 15-year-old Allie? Hmm. I feel like on one hand, there's a lot of things I'd want to tell her. But at the same time, she was the way she was. And it made me who I am today. And so maybe if I told her, that would cause some weird sort of time loop thingy. I don't know. I feel like... I feel very proud of her, like she did her best. But if I could give her advice, I would say, tell him how you feel. Stop just writing songs about him or inviting him over for cute little innocent movie nights. Just tell him how you feel and reach over and hold his hand. Um, I would tell her to write the song and not worry about his feelings got hurt, I would say stop wearing that yellow high-waisted skirt you got at Value Village with a gold belt. Stop taking yourself so seriously. It's okay to just be young and chill. Um, and you don't have to be perfect. Just do your best. Yeah, I think I'd really like her to know that she doesn't have to be perfect and just to have a lot more grace for herself. That's something I'm still working on even today. Alright, last question. What is the key to your heart? Puppies. <laughs> That's my answer. Puppies. Um, no. Well, yes. Puppies. Diet Coke. Written words of affirmation. I love verbal words of affirmation. Like if someone's like, hey, Al, you're doing a great job. But I also really love like notes. 
handwritten notes just get me every time. Uh, Michael's craft supply store trips and when someone plays with my hair and puppies. I really like, I just really love puppies. Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. That's all the questions I got submitted to me, and I think that's plenty of time. And so thanks so much for listening. I hope you feel like you know me a little better. Um, And if you have more questions for me, you can always ask, I guess. Maybe we'll do another one of these later on. But I'm very excited for what we have planned for Christmas. Um, There's going to be a lot of cool episodes. So make sure you stay tuned. Subscribe. Rate. Review. Thank you so much for listening to the Scarlet Letter Woman podcast. The podcast about incredible women. Make sure you follow along on Instagram at Scarlet Letter Woman. And have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Bye.